A damning report into children's social care was debated in November Tinwald, painting a very bleak picture for children in care or leaving care at 16. We'll hear from children's champion Kerry Sharp, MLC, shortly, but first Rob Collister, MHK. Rob spent time in care as a child, so we can perhaps guess his particular interest in bringing this matter forward for debate. The main reason for bringing um, the general debate was the fact that there are certain reports um, that shouldn't go without comment or without consideration. And when I realised that this report had only just been laid I, I really felt it was very, very important that Timwell members have an opportunity to comment on it. Given the severity of this re- particular report, in the Timwell debate, I said there was institutional failings. And just for clarity around that, this is because um, I felt there were, that the legislation was lacking, the safeguarding measures were lacking. I felt this, um, the actual protection around children in care was lacking. Now that should not reflect on the people that carry out the day-to-day service. They came through with flying colours and there was glowing testimony to them understanding children in care, nurturing and loving those care, those those children in care to make sure they had all of the, the best support they could. What was failing was the fact that um, it was lacking in accommodation for young adults leaving care. There was the fact there was educational um, errors which need to be corrected. You know, children in care need additional support, a lot more support and care than a normal child would have in a loving family. And we as Timwald are considered to be corporate parents and we need to, and we have a privileged position to be able to put in place all of the care, all of the support and the services they need to give them the perfect start, especially as young adults going into the world. And you yourself, I mean, you, you have a personal experience of this, haven't you? Yes, I have. And I, it's taken me a long time to, to step forward and to acknowledge that point. I was a ward of court in the Isle of Man Children's um, Social Service um, on the island. And I, as a child and as a young teenager, I had two very, very good supporting um, social workers. But for some reason, I ended up finding myself homeless at the age of 16. I then managed to turn my life around over a considerable period of time. But what worries me about this report, and as I mentioned in Timwald, we were failing children back in 1985 when I left social care, and it would appear from reading this Ofsted report that we are still failing children today. And that is why I asked for this general debate in order to highlight some of the failings. Now, some of these failings were also picked up by a committee that both Kerry and myself, along with Mr. Baker, Tim Baker, who chaired that committee, looked at and they looked at um, accommodation for vulnerable young children leaving care. And they made 21 recommendations fully endorsed by Timwald. And it would appear that very few, if any of those recommendations, have been turned around and actually introduced. And that, to me, is where this failing is. And if we had actually introduced those 21 recommendations over the past four years, I'm certain that we would have improved the lives for some children leaving care over the last four years. Kerry Sharp, I mean, I think you're the children's champion, aren't you? Yeah, correct. uh, so, So as children's champion... Um, presumably that's one of the reasons that you've got an interest in this motion but uh, were there any other uh, particular reasons why you you uh, wanted to to support this motion well I'm, I'm really relieved that um, that Rob brought this um, motion for general debate because I totally agree with him um, 
with uh, a report like this, which which makes so many points, you know, it, it highlights so many issues that need addressing. Um, we definitely needed to, to, to get these issues out into the open and, and talk about them on the floor of Timwald. So my interest is, I've always concentrated on children in care and care leavers since I came into Timwald. Now I'm a children's champion, so actually a big part of my role is to be a voice for children in care and care leavers. So definitely there's no way that I wasn't going to be commenting on this report. So in, in, in relation to the report then, uh, Kerry, what were the particular concerns you had? Generally speaking, the main concerns that I that came out of the report for me are the ones that actually chime with my own report as Children's Champion, which I actually I wrote before the Ofsted report. The main issues that the report highlights are that from beginning to end in, in the process, we, we need to be seeing improvements. So if you sort of, um, if you look at foster care, for example, and the report picks up on this, um, we don't have enough foster carers. So therefore, um, children are having to go into residential care, even though their care plans um, might say that these children should be fostered. So the fact that we've got more children going into residential homes um, means that our uh, children's homes are all at maximum capacity. And then that means that when children come into care, there isn't as much choice as to where they should be placed. And so they can end up sharing with children that it's not an ideal match. So this sort of creates stresses within our children's homes. And then because they're at maximum capacity, um, when new children are coming in, it means that the older children are then being moved on, in my opinion, uh, at a much younger age than they should be. So um, these older children might be moved on into semi-independent accommodation. Um, but I'm really concerned that there isn't enough support for them there because they might be, let's say, 16 and they have to start signing on they have to pay for their own food and toiletries and manage their own budgets and everything. And if you think about it, that's at a time when supposedly they're doing their GCSEs. Um, and it's and also the amount of support they get is reduced because it's semi-independent. That is just not enough. But if there's no room in semi-independent accommodation, they then have to go and live by themselves. And because we don't have... Um, any accommodation of our own in that, you know, government doesn't own any. Um, it means that St Christopher's are constantly scratching around trying to find a landlord who will rent to care leavers. And there's only two on the island, I believe, that, that will rent to care leavers. I mean, that, that, that's, that's really quite shocking to hear, isn't it? Uh, that, well, first of all, that children would be, uh, and, and I say children, people, uh, ch- children of 16 years of age uh, expected effectively to go out in the world and manage for themselves, having been li- in, in many cases lived in an institution for, for many, many years. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing if you live in an institution, chances are you'll be less familiar with what you need to do when you live independently than perhaps you would if, if you were uh, you're living in a, 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 a sort of a, a, a normal uh, family life. Yeah, and, and from what I understand uh, in the residential homes, um, 
when children are younger, um, they're not actually allowed to do cooking, cleaning, this sort of thing. And I suppose that goes back to the old days, sort of pre-1970s, when you had children in children's homes who had to do a lot of cooking and cleaning and, and, and all the rest of it. And so um, uh, uh, it, it kind of moved away from that. But now it's sort of moved towards, oh, no, they can't possibly do these things. Whereas in a normal home, obviously, uh, uh, you'd have your children mm. chopping vegetables or putting the washing on or whatever. Yeah. So they go from not doing anything to then they do go through a process of, um, I'm trying to remember what it's called officially, uh, so, you know, preparing for semi-independent living or preparing for independent living. But it's 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 not the same as being uh, in your own house with a parent who's sort of just gradually building up your skills because they know what you can and can't do. But if I can just come in on yes, that point, Phil, because one of the recommendations from the Timwell Select Committee back in November 2018 was to extend that corporate umbrella into their 20s, if need be. Because, as you say, the, the report clearly highlights that not every child in care goes through school correctly and they need some additional nurturing and support. And what we have to do is to wrap ourselves around these young adults. And if they didn't get a full education, government needs to step in and give them the opportunity later in life to actually succeed. And I was very grateful as a young 20-year-old. I made a conscious decision that I did want to turn my life around. And government was there to step in time and time again to support me with exams and um, tuition fees. And it actually made a massive difference. And it I end up you know, turning my life around from having no qualifications to being educated to above a degree level. And that was thanks to government, not thanks to anything, you know, myself personally, because I couldn't afford the exams. I've always said that every child that leaves care should have a proper structured way, either back into education if they want, into apprenticeships. Then government could play its part in that because government is one of the biggest employers on the Isle of Man. It could be offering work experience. It could be offering apprenticeships. And if, it, if it's not, then we put them into the workplace and we prepare those young adults by giving them extra training to prepare for interviews for clothing allowance, to make sure they look suitable, give them um, an opportunity to get their CVs right. And then on the side of that, we then prepare the adults, as, as Kerry said, for life. The strange thing about all of this, the heart of the report and from the committee back in 2018-19, is the fact we're not talking about hundreds of children here. We are talking about a handful of children each year. You're telling me as a small island of 84,000 people where with government on a small island that we cannot wrap ourselves around a handful of children every, every year that gives them the best opportunities. And when you were talking before about um, some of the findings of this report, it did talk about the risks of um, young adults going into semi-independent living being and the concerns being around drug, alcohol misuse, poor mental health and serious risk of offending. Now, if we get the basics right from when they leave care at the age of 16 or whenever they leave care, surely if we get the basics right, we're going to be saving money by not having to, to deal with mental health issues later on, not having to deal with any risks of offending later on in life or the misuse of alcohol and um, drugs later on in life. We really can put the foundations down to, to put you know, where these individuals can succeed, not be somebody who's just forgotten in our society. And you don't have to dig very deep into the, the, into the Ofsted, uh, Ofsted uh, inspection report uh, to find 
some quite shocking uh, sta- statements, really. Headline findings. The impact of substance misuse on mm. children is of significant concern. Children do not have access to independent advocacy. Now, at a time... Well, I mean, we, we, we've we had um, over the last year or so um, reports of, of the historic abuse at uh, children's homes. Children not having access to independent advocacy, surely that's a big concern. It is. And as I say, unfortunately, lessons have not been fully learned from the Mark Everill inquiry. Now, one of those um, findings from that recommend, from that committee report was to appoint an independent, non-political children's commissioner. Now, Kerry and um, Daphne Kane, along with Tim Baker, have been great advocates for all children on the island. I personally have always been a great advocate for children in care. But each one of us have highlighted the fact that the role is far too restrictive. And the report clearly says that children on the Isle of Man, especially in care, have lost their voice. And we need to re-engage with children on the Isle of Man, especially those in care. And as I say, I reckon if we get the basics right at the beginning, we will actually be saving this island money because we'll be setting children on the right path in in life to make a very positive contribution. And a lot of people say, well, I've been successful. Well, I haven't. People have had to take um, chance after chance on me over my life. I've had to fail a million times and people have had to step in and give me a million chances. Do you know that I have no problem with people failing. I have no problem people asking for help. People want have to step forward themselves and want to make a positive change themselves. But government has to be there to to help them. And if that means helping them with finding housing, if that means finding helping them to um, pass exams to better their own opportunities in life, then we should embrace that. Going just. To- A tiny bit further down the list of headline findings, point seven, there are insufficient opportunities for children to be heard and seen as there is a lack of effective independent oversight and scrutiny of children's care. This means that the child's voice is lost. Presumably your role as children's champion is to try and ensure that the child's voice isn't lost. What changes do you think are necessary, particularly in relation to your role, to ensure that children's voices don't get lost in the system as part of my role i chair the um corporate parenting group and that's a group of individuals including police officer the looked after children's nurse um the head of social services etc and we meet every two months and as part of our meetings we have a young person who is in care who represents the Voices in Participation Council. On that council you have young ch- you have children in care and young care leavers and a person from that council comes to our meetings and tells us what the concerns of the young people are. Now that's how it's supposed to work. What happened was that in Covid the Voices in Participation Council uh, folded and so we've now had a number of years where we haven't been hearing that voice and that voice is really important to me. Now, um, the council is now reforming and there's a Voices in Participation officer who works for Manx Care who's talking to the children, building up relationships with them um, and trying to encourage them to engage with the corporate parenting group so that we can hear from the children on a regular basis. I would really like more opportunity to just hear directly from the children themselves this is something that I'm discussing with Manx Care. Um, they feel very strongly that the Voices in Participation Council is 
a space just for the children. But I, I, I really want to hear from the children. So I'm also trying to uh, encourage the uh, participation officer to work with the children and to sort of look into um, different methods. Like, for example, um, perhaps they uh, they could make they could have a blog. They could be making um, short video clips. They, you know, I just want I want to hear their voices, um, and I want them to be able to tell us, you know, what they're worried about and what their concerns are. Um, so, uh, but to go back to what Rob was talking about, he mentioned, um, wouldn't it be great if government, as the biggest employer on the island, were to offer apprenticeships to care leavers? Um, now, I've spoken to Mike's Care about this, and they've said they would be very happy to supply wraparound support if we had care leavers who were to take on an apprenticeship either with government um, or with private companies. You know, they they said, you know, if, even if it came down to going round to the young person's flat and getting them out of bed in the morning, making sure that they were there on time, they would do that. So um, I've got a meeting next week, actually, to discuss the possibility of setting up some government apprenticeships um, because that's something that government should have been doing all along, quite honestly. Um, but, but back to the voice of children in care. Um, there's also in Manx Care the children's rights champion. Um, and she speaks uh, for children in care. But of course, she's employed by Manx Care. So, you know, there, there is no independent voice. Uh, the offset report is, 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 is quite right on that. And there needs to be. Rob, you understand the enormous pressures that uh, government budgets are under, not least in your role as Minister for Health and Social Care. Were you reassured at all by uh, the contributions made to the general debate in relation to budgets? I didn't think this come down to budgetary restraints. I think it came down to the fact that it just was not a high enough priority. And if anything, if nothing else, this report highlights that the Ofsted report, it should be a high priority. It's clear from what the Ofsted has said, it almost mirrored to a lot of the recommendations that the Timwell Select Committee made in 2018. And then you could even go back to Mark Everill's inquiry um, to those terrible events back in 2006-07. So it shows that we have still not learned the lessons from the past and we as a government have to embrace when we get these reports, regardless if they're negative, we should embrace them as an opportunity to change. And I hope that um, the Council of Ministers listened to that debate. There was only a few contributions, I think because a lot of members, it was late in the day, um, and I, I don't think the actual motion got the, the priority it should have got, because it's, it's a massive um, wake-up call for this island that when you have Ofsted coming here taking a look at our children's services in April and May they've made a significant um, sort of overview of our services a failing of our services and people should listen um, but as you say I think if we invest now we'll save in the future I really genuinely believe that of course, the debate was a general debate, which yes. meant that there was no uh, a d no decision required. It was just a, a discussion of the report. Um, do you think perhaps if uh, you had um, put forward or you may actually proposed something more than just the general debate, that maybe 
you would have had more um, contributions? No, what I didn't want was um, the whole force of government coming down on us. I think it was right that I highlighted the failings of this report. It was right that they were put into the public domain. It was right that Timwell members got an opportunity to speak. The only recommendation I would have made on this back of this report is um, the appointment of an independent commissioner um, because that could potentially give the, the voice back to children in care. Government can now step forward without any recommendations to offer apprenticeships. And I'm really keen to hear what um, Kerry said today, that government could and potentially step in. What we need to do is to, as I said, wrap ourselves around children in care. We're only talking about a handful of children, as I've mentioned previously. We can make a real positive contribution that if people do find themselves in care, that the support will be there. We know the love and the nurturing, the understanding of their complexities when you're in care is all highlighted very, very positively within this report. Where it fails is a legislation framework. And it, it's absolutely, we're failing children mainly, I think, in semi-independence because they haven't had the training, the life experience of preparing themselves for the big wide world. And uh, unfortunately, and I know some parents were listening to this, may turn around and say, well, what about my child? But children in care do not have that family circle where they get around them and, and nurture them through life in readiness for what adult life may hold. A corporate parents, we should extend that into the 20s. But if people need to educate themselves later in life in the 20s and 30s, government should step in. It, it'll be a small investment, I promise you. More people will succeed than fail, I promise you, if we take these small steps now in the, to, to benefit in the future. Do, do you think part of the problem here is there's a societal prejudice against children in care? I think so, Phil. You know that I, I did a lot of research into the last 150 years of, of, of how we look after our children who are in care and, and it, it was a reoccurring theme with the care leavers that I spoke to over you know decades that there is a stigma attached to being in care. I've heard from uh, young care leavers through the DHSC's um, public engagement committee and um, you know, they, they've told the committee that um, growing up, uh, they always felt uh, not so much that it was other children who were at school with them uh, who had an issue, but it was older people, for example, uh, uh, the parents of the people that they were at school with who would have an issue and who would sort of try to steer them away from spending time uh, with the children who were in care and who weren't very keen on, you know, their children inviting these kids round for sleepovers and that sort of thing. But I do remember talking to someone who um, was looking after a young girl, primary age, uh, in care. And... Um, this is at a time in, in primary school, if someone has a birthday, the whole class gets invited, you know. But this person, this care worker was saying that very often it would be this one little girl who wasn't invited. She'd be the only person in the class who wasn't invited, you know. There's definitely a lot of um, myth busting that we need to do. And that's something that I'm really keen for uh, young carers to have the, um, the opportunity to do, you know, um, to try and address some of these, uh, these issues. Rob, uh, final word? Yeah, I have to agree with Kerry. I mean, 40 years on from my time in care in the Isle of Man, I still look and, and feel different. You know, even today, I, I struggle sometimes to, to feel, you know, as part of um, a group. 
And I know when I met children, both me and Carrie met children in care back in 2018, 19, we looked different to them. But once we got down, broke down the barriers and we realized that most of them just want a chance in life. Do you know something? That's all we've got to do. Embrace that, give them the chance and the island will be rewarded for that. That was children's champion Kerry Sharp, MLC, and Onkin MHK, Rob Collister. Should we, as a society, be doing more to support these vulnerable young people? Can we really put aside these children's needs as we look to pare down government spending? For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Goromayu, thanks for listening.